Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So what are some favorite wildlife interactions that you have had in the national parks? What have those been? I mean, things that immediately come to mind are like the baby deer in Cuyahoga mm-hmm. Valley National Park was yeah. a wonderful surprise. Mm-hmm. I loved that. What about you? Well, I think seeing the nene, like all the nene, and oh, the, yeah. the, the thene, <laughs> the false mm-hmm. nene, and... Um, Hawaii volcanoes and well, Haleakala. Yeah. No, but we saw Fene, I think, in We ha- saw Fene in Hawaii volcanoes. And also in Haleakala. And ha- right. Right. And, and then, then we were corrected. And then we did see the Nene. Nene mm-hmm. in the Mists. Nene is, in the Mists. <laughs> which oh. is the title of my like lifetime original film. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. But that was that that was pretty amazing. And then we saw that pheasant when we were also in Haleakala. We did. Which was also a strange surprise we did i also yeah. think of the little the little uh island fox in mm-hmm. uh channel islands oh yeah which the, oh, the cutest the, the cutest, cutest they're little just baby like, island fox you just want to touch them and cuddle them yeah. you don't yeah you should not no do not don't don't not touch wildlife not, just don't yeah right, exactly yeah oh the moose in yeah in that rocky was, mountain that was majestic that's like that the like, best word I can describe there. It's like when, you know, in mythology, when like, you know, some mortal is like walking along and suddenly like a god has like mm-hmm. morphed themselves inside of an animal. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that felt like. Mm-hmm. But minus like the sexual assault. <laughs> oh, yes. And the right. incest right. and all of the mm-hmm. terrible misogyny. Right. Right. Greek mythology. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But those are some things that immediately come to mind to mm-hmm. me. Oh, well, spiders in Congaree. Yeah. That was unpleasant. Yeah. Mule deer in arches. Secret yes. mule deer. Just Secret like all of a sudden deer. like right next to us. Yeah. yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's part of the majesty of the national parks is experiencing wildlife situations like that, not necessarily knowing that they're going to be there. The surprise of it. 
Today's summit is all about the wildlife in the parks that we have visited in season two, which includes Hawaii Volcanoes, Haleakala, Shenandoah, Kings Canyon, Sequoia, Black Canyon of the Gunnison, Channel Islands, and Capitol Reef National Parks. We're going to take a look specifically at the animals and plants found in the parks. Some of them have been there for thousands of years. Some of them arrived recently. We also want to share something that we learned at a miniature golf course slash botanical garden in Kauai, Hawaii, and that is all the various categories of wildlife in a given area. There is native species, which is a species that naturally occurs in a given area or arrived and thrived in a given area without interaction of humans. Two subcategories of native species are endemic, which means it is native and found only in that area, and indigenous, which means it is found in that area and also elsewhere. There is also non-native species and invasive species. Non-native means that they were brought to an area by humans, either intentionally or unintentionally, and that their presence has either a neutral or positive impact on the area's ecosystem. Invasive species means that they were brought to the area by humans, either intentionally or unintentionally, and their presence has a negative effect on the ecosystem, and they overtake resources and threaten existing native species. So let's take a look at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, located on Big Island. Okay, so when you think of the plants at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, what comes to mind? (sighs) I just lush tropical beauty ferns. There were a lot of ferns that we saw. Mm -hmm. All those like curling fronds that were about to open. Exactly. There were those um, red flowers that those they were kind of like um, woody shrubs that were in the Kilauea Ike um, or along the trail there. Um, so those are some things that I think about. There was at one point we passed along and we were hit by the smell of like eucalyptus. Yes, or, yes. So that was like very interesting. It was interesting because there was so much variation there um, from like inside the crater to the rainforest that were yes. there. So it was a lot of change and a lot of difference. So speaking of that um, curled up mm-hmm. like fronds, mm-hmm. fern, um, that is called the Amau fern. Okay. And the curled section is what you called a frond. And um, these are native endemic, uh, and they can get very large. We ended up seeing a bunch of them bigger and already opened when we were on the Kalalau Trail Mm -hmm. in Kauai. A large portion of the Big Island of Hawaii is a rainforest, and there are small portions of the rainforest in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Uh, You can also, at this park, see natural occurring steam vents. Um, These are created when groundwater seeps down into the rock, into rocks that are heated by magma deep underground, and the rocks are so hot that it vaporizes the water and it returns to the surface as steam. Oh, wow. Let's talk about some native animals. While we didn't see many animals in Hawaii volcanoes, there are many animals that you might be able to spot near the water's edge, like green sea turtles and hawksbills turtles, and also humpback whales that arrive around November for mating. Apparently, they are pretty far out, but can be seen from the coastal edge on the way to Maui or Molokai, which is closer to their mating spot. Now, some invasive species to Hawaii volcanoes and also Big Island include little fire ants little baby fire ants little baby fire ants pigs which uh were introduced by european settlers mm. there were other pigs there right native pigs right 
But as we'll the, learn more about in our episode on histories. That's right. Mm-hmm. But now the pigs that are in Hawaii are descendant of the European pigs. Okay. Also, house cats. House cats in Hawaii have contributed to the extinction of 33 different bird species. Well, isn't that like the argument that like a lot of bird species, like that's been like, there's been considerable study that bird species have declined from the 1970s, like right. worldwide. And yeah. isn't like cats, like a big, cats, not the musical, but cats, the thing. I mean, like cats, the, the musical is right. doing its <laughs> own damage to this world, but it's its own type of invasive species. Whatever. It was beautiful. And I loved it. It was. And Rum Tum Tugger was my husband. I mean, we talk about the movie. I didn't hate the movie. The right. movie was mm-hmm. kind of fabulous. Anyway, no, I'm kidding about it doing damage. The, um, yeah, no, I have heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one is goats, who apparently eat silver swords. Oh. Speaking of silver swords, that brings us to Haleakala National Park. So Haleakala is located in Hawaii on the island of Maui, and it features over 850 species of plants, 400 being native and over 300 being en- native endemic. While walking the sliding sands trail, we saw silver swords everywhere. Essentially, they are the prettiest plant that I have ever seen. Yeah. They look like um, a yucca or yucca, however you pronounce that. Um, but they are, they they honestly look like they have been dipped in like mercury and they have this like incredible, like otherworldly glow from afar. And I was enamored with them the entire Same, time. Mm-hmm. the whole time. And they were Uh, everywhere. And they were everywhere. Um, And they live between three and 90 years. And as they end their life, this large flower blossoms from the top. When it dies, the wind blows the seeds in all directions. And we saw a bunch of them on the trail that had blossomed or were about to blossom. And it, like a yucca, sometimes there is that blossom that happens from them as well. But it's, I don't know that it's necessarily their like swan song. Um, Right, right. So it's it's in very other yucca in other yucca plants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, silver swords are extremely fragile. So the park staff now has to build barriers and fences to keep non-native plants and animals from growing near them or coming near them. Animals like goats, they literally have to build fences to keep goats away. The silver sword and many other plants in this area have evolved without protective spines or tough bark or unpalatable taste or poison sap. So uh, due to the threat of these animals, the park staff must intervene to protect them. So when you're in Haleakala, do stay on the trails because you could very easily step on the development of a silver sword or another native plant. They're also so delicate. They are concerned about its survival, especially with climate change right now. The University of Hawaii and the park staff are studying how it can survive during times of drought. And now we must talk more about Nene. <laughs> which course. is the Hawaiian state bird, also known as the Hawaiian goose. Nene is found in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park and in Haleakala National Park, but we only actually saw them in Haleakala. Right. To look at it, it looks, I would say like a North American goose. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the name of that bird, sure. but it's, you know, that sort of, uh, or Canadian goose, that mm-hmm. sort of black and also beige coloring. Mm-hmm. They are endemic and considered endangered. Across the entire archipelago of Hawaii, there see how I use that word? Mm-hmm. There are only around 2,000. Wow. And that's it. 
that means there are two it is an endemic species right. which means it's only in Hawaii mm-hmm. so there are only 2,000 of those birds left on the island of Maui there are only about 600 and in Haleakala specifically there are only about 223 wow their population decreases due to dogs cats mongooses and rats which all prey on Nene and other invasive species taking over their habitats if you want to get involved you can support the adopt a Nene program that is part of the nonprofit friends of Haleakala National Park. Okay, now we are jumping on our map from Hawaii all the way to Virginia, to Shenandoah. Quite a journey. Quite a journey. Look at those airline miles. That would be like, I mean, right. (laughs) What what miles are we flying right right now? Right. That's at least 12 hours in a plane to get from from Hawaii to Virginia. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If not more. If not more. Yeah. Some of the animals in Shenandoah include bobcats, deer, and big brown bats. Mm, And that is literally their name, right? They are very large and they eat insects, as do most bats. But because they eat so many insects, it keeps the plants growing Mm -hmm. so that the insects aren't eating the plants. And therefore, this is a mutually beneficial relationship, which my science teachers always called symbiotic. Symbiotic. It's true. Um, There are also black bears. (sighs) You know, in our first trip to Shenandoah, we've been twice now. um, We were on a trail after we had done the Dickey Ridge Trail at Compton Gap. Right, right. And we were like, oh, hiking along, hiking along. And then like maybe 100 feet ahead of us, we saw a little black bear and you it were was like, a baby black bear. You were like, oh, where little black bears are, there are big black bears. And there are so big we, black mama bears we, who are not happy we with We turned you. right around and about faced. And um, when we got back to the parking lot, we saw some other people from New Jersey who actually lived very close to us. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it's a black bear. Don't worry about it. You just make a lot of noise and you're fine. We're like, we good were like, to know. Oh, okay, great. Yep. Yeah. We yeah. were basically like, all bears are scary bears. Yep. But... Now, except for daddy bears, (laughs) but it is true. Black bears are, you make a lot of noise and you wait for them to leave first. Right. Whereas brown bears are the ones that will threaten your life. Yeah. Right. Bear spray. Bear spray. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shenandoah is also one to look at regarding fire ecology because uh, Shenandoah is almost entirely forest and fires are a natural part of a forest life cycle. Fires in Shenandoah are infrequent and are considered low intensity and occur with gaps of over 25 years in between. The first place we heard about the benefits of controlled wildfires was in Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Parks, which are technically speaking two different national parks, but are so close to each other and are essentially managed by the same team and and also share a website. Uh, Sequoia National Park is literally named for the giant sequoia trees it preserves. Kings Canyon also features giant sequoia trees. In short, giant sequoia trees are often confused with redwood trees, which are also preserved in a national park that is also named for them. We did an entire trail mix this season on giant sequoia trees. So for more info on them, we encourage you to go to that episode. Other than the giant sequoia trees, there are many other native plants and trees to both of these national parks that are worth noting when you visit. In the montane forest, you can see ponderosa pine, incense cedar, white fir, sugar pine, and giant sequoia all growing near one another. And the subalpine forest areas feature white bark pine, foxtail pine, and limber pine. 
And for the tree watchers out there, you know, I have said this before and I will say it again. Um, is there a term for someone like a birder, but for trees? I don't know. An example of an invasive species found in Sequoia and Kings Canyon uh, would be the yellow star thistle. It can very quickly displace populations of native plants and animals, and its seeds travel easily on people, which is how it arrived in the first place. Let's talk about the animals in Sequoia and Kings Canyon. You might see bats, black bears, but will not see grizzly bears. Even though the California grizzly bear is featured on California state flag, the subspecies of grizzly bear went extinct in 1924, so you will not see grizzly bears. Though there is talk of reintroducing the grizzly to North Cascades National Park in Washington, environmentalists are excited about this and would love to see them make their way to California. When I was reading up on this, it was like, people are like dreaming of a world in which one could humans and grizzly bears can live peacefully together. Isn't there a movie called Grizzly Man? I'm I've pretty sure there is. Heard of this movie. Ooh, yeah, it's not great. I oh, mean, okay. Like he tries to live with the bears and it goes, you know, it doesn't go well in the end. That's about what I know about it. I'm pretty sure it's called Grizzly Man. All right. Yeah. So things to look into. Yeah. Sequoia and Kings Canyon also feature a ton of different squirrel species. So Squirrels. Yes. So for the squirrelers out there, you can see California ground squirrels, Douglas squirrels, golden-mantled ground squirrels, and western gray squirrels. The only endangered species found here is the Sierra Nevada bighorn sheep. While we're in California... Let's jump to Channel Islands, another archipelago in the Pacific off the coast of Ventura. Channel Islands features 14 threatened and endangered plants, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. It also features many invasive species, including olive trees, sweet fennel, and wouldn't you know it, the yellow star thistle. It gets around. It's like the town bicycle. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are many animals on Channel Islands. Uh, To hear all about the island fox, go listen to our episodes on Channel Islands from this season, where we talk all about how they were endangered and almost extinct, but were able to come back through a special conservation program. Other animals found on the island include the island spotted skunk, the island deer mouse, the western harvest mouse, the Townsend big ear bat, the island night lizard, the island fence lizard, the southern alligator lizard, the side blotch lizard, the Channel Island slender salamander, the black bellied slender salamander, the Baja California tree frog, the Santa Cruz island gopher snake, and the western yellow bellied racer snake. Say that five times fast. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might also spot some dolphins following the boat dolphins. as you ride over to Channel Islands. We did. We saw them. Mm-hmm. They were like jumping out, and yeah. like there was the whole pod i think mm-hmm. is what you call it a group a of dolphins pod of dolphins in the winter it is also common to see gray whales who pass through the santa barbara channel mm-hmm. i think whaling is very big out at channel yeah. islands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the summer though rare it is possible to see humpback whales blue fin and orca whales and closer to the shore you might see some california sea lions also for those who are excited by paleontology on santa cruz island in 1994 the nearly complete fossil remains of a pygmy mammoth were discovered have you ever heard of a pygmy mammoth before? i think it's just a little baby like woolly mammoth right that's it's right it's not it's, it's like not big. basically human size. Oh. It's like a woolly mammoth that's like as tall as a human. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if it stood on its hind legs, it'd be taller, but mm. like the top of its back is like the top of a human's head. Okay. Great. Now let's jump on our map to Colorado and look at Black Canyon of the Gunnison. You can see a lot of the plants this park features all from driving the South Rim Road. Along the edge of the road, there is the Gamble Oak Thicket containing wildflowers, small oak trees, and grasses. You can experience them close up simply by walking along the edge of the road or walking out to any of the overlooks or doing any of the trails near the visitor center. When you look down into the canyon, you can see pockets of Douglas fir and aspen trees. You may also see lots of different birds here. So this is for the birders. You might see a great horned owl, mountain bluebirds, peregrine falcons, white-throated swifts, stellar's jays, canyon wrens, and the American dipper. In addition to mule deer, another thing that Black Canyon features, as well as many areas in the Colorado Plateau, is ephemeral pools. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Once a memory. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it rains on the Colorado Plateau, it slides off the rock and then finally to the ground and is absorbed by the dry soil. But sometimes it gets caught in these potholes in rock, creating what they call ephemeral pools because they only last a couple of days. Right. Standing water collects in these pools. They're there a couple of days before they dry up. These pools do act as water sources for animals that are, you know, moving from one place to another, but some microscopic organisms find their permanent homes in these potholes or these ephemeral pools. And since the water doesn't last very long, they don't have much time for growth and development when the water is present. So if you see one of these when you're hiking on the rocks in Colorado and Utah, Refrain from using it as a water source or a place to wash your hands. Interacting with it can halt years of development for very vulnerable organisms. It's almost like those desert uh, microbial yeah. uh, forms. Why you stay on the which trail. Which is why you stay on the trail. Speaking of Utah, this brings us to our final park of season two, Capitol Reef National Park, one of the best kept secrets in the National Park Service. Some plants and trees that you can see in Capitol Reef include Utah juniper, pinion pine, ponderosa pine, Douglas fir, bristlecone pine, Mormon tea, Indian rice grass, round leaf, buffalo berry, yucca, and gamble oak. And these are among 100 plus plants and trees that can be found in Capitol Reef. People often ask if there are bears in Capitol Reef, and the answer is technically yes. If bears are seen, it's only near food and water sources. And remember, if you don't want to see a bear, don't become a food source. Keep your food stored, and as always, don't leave scraps anywhere. The most commonly sighted large mammal herds are desert bighorn sheep, elk, pronghorn antelope, and mule deer. Mountain lions, coyotes, and foxes are also in Capitol Reef, but are rarely seen. Other animals include raccoons, porcupines, beavers, squirrels, marmots, mice, wood rats, chipmunks, and 16 different species of bats. Marmots are also called whistle pigs because Mm. of their (laughs) high-pitched squeals. Great. And they are the largest ground squirrel in Capitol Reef. Mm. You will also find the endangered prairie dog there. Kangaroo rats can also be seen, but they often come out at night. So the only time you're really going to see them is to see their hopping tracks that they leave in the morning. 
Birders will often visit Capitol Reef to see owls, orioles, canyon and rock wrens, chukars, pinion jays, and black-billed magpies, and the rare golden eagle and the endangered peregrine falcon. Also, there are snakes, though we didn't see any. One to note that is often seen is the gopher snake because it hisses and shakes its tail and is commonly confused with the rattlesnake. But gopher snakes are non-venomous and feed on rodents. And in recent developments, the Trump administration just released its proposal for oil and gas drilling on 110,000 acres of public land, including land in Arches, Canyonlands, Capitol Reef, and Bears Ear National Monument. This would certainly disrupt, and in some cases upend, entire ecosystems in these parks. And by that definition, it seems like there is no question anymore that well, I'll let you do the honors. Well, Trump is an invasive species. And there we go. There we go. And he should be rooted out. <laughs> I could wax poetic forever on this. <laughs> good, yes, you could. <laughs> and I'll get very loud. <laughs> Let's end this summit with a queen and a game. Great. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage our queen for summit episode two, Meadow Flowers. Meadow Flowers. All right, I'm going to challenge us. Great. Okay, she cannot lip sync to Stevie Nicks. Oh, well, that's fine. Okay, great. Yeah, we can... We it's can... like a... That would be so, like, easy, an easy go-to, I feel like. I guess so. For Meadow Flowers yeah. to be a sort of, like, hippie flower child. Sure. Who also sings Stevie But I feel Nicks. like she could, you know, she could be a hippie flower child and sing to Joni Mitchell or, you know... Sure. Uh, Jackie Jormp Jump. <laughs> right. Which is, you know, a 30 Rock reference. It is. Yeah. It is. Meadow Flowers to me seems like someone who would be, who would be really like a chameleon as far as like, you know, their looks go, Mm. but like have some sort of floral accent. Well, I feel like her look would always change because depending on what was in bloom that time of year. Oh, very interesting. Right. So I feel like, you know. So you know what kind of flowers are in bloom throughout the year because that's just your life. I don't know that I know that. You don't put that on me. (laughs) I thought you'd. I'm not. Well, you know what vegetables are in Sure. I mean, I guess, but don't like put me into like, you know. Well, like when You made me nervous. This Libra's nervous now. Well, like lilies are in bloom in the spring. Right. Right. So in the spring, she would have a sort of lily inspired look. Sure. Okay. And then in winter, roses in bloom all the time. Uh, they go like most of the season. Depends okay. on the variety. Oh, okay. Same thing with hydrangea. You know, there are yeah. like all summer long hydrangeas. Maybe she's like a gladiola queen. And oh, um, gladiola the is also a great name. Yeah. It's just great. Gladiola name. queen. <laughs> gladiola queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. And then I, in the fall, she's a mum queen. She might like do her show in a botanical garden Mm. or like I'm trying to think like, um, well, if she did her show in a bar, then I think whatever her like signature drink would be, Mm. would be some sort of, you know, like it would be herbaceous. Oh, it would be herbaceous. Yes. It would be like, um, like an herbal gin, I feel like, totally, which is already juniper berry based. But I do feel like, you know, they do have some gins and other liqueurs that have like um that are herb based so i feel oh, I like, like that some herb based liquor mm-hmm. would be her signature cocktail yeah mm-hmm. i feel that 
Mm-hmm. I feel that it would way. be like the Rose of Sharon, and it would be like rose water and right rose water and I do vodka feel like she with has a splash of lime and um, yeah. seltzer. I feel like in addition, <laughs> she probably has her own line of skincare. No, oh, probably meadow flowers, right? You know, skincare she, line. She unfortunately, I feel like, might be like someone featured on Instagrammers in the wild or influencers oh, in the wild. I do think yeah. so. I think she might be. But yeah, but she's uh, she's a salesperson. She knows how to sell. Right. Do you have the businesswoman special? <laughs> right. Well, what kind of business are you in? We'll just take two cheeseburgers and two Diet Cokes to go. <laughs> right. Um, so what is she going to sing now? What is her lip sync song? I don't want it to be floral. No. But I do feel like it should be upbeat and super happy. Mm-hmm. Is there like a Kylie Minogue song that she could cover? Oh, or there's to so many. That's not Locomotion. No, Out of My Head. Yeah, Out of My Head might yeah. be Yeah, that's I feel fun. like she's a Always. Kylie queen. Yeah. I like that for yeah. her. Some Kylie. Oh, maybe some Betty Who. Mm. Somebody Loves You. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Glory Days by Betty Who. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Fun, poppy, upbeat. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Fun, poppy, up, poppy, upbeat. Poppy Upbeat. Welcome oh, to the stage, Poppy, Poppy. Upbeat. <laughs> oh, she opens for her. She or does. Meadow Flowers opens for Poppy Upbeat. Right. Oh, that's good too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, great. So, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage Meadow Flowers. And Poppy Upbeat. And Poppy Upbeat. Now we're going to end the summit with a game. Great. Are you ready? I am. Always. Okay. Forever. So, there are two ways. There are two ways to win this game. Great. Okay, great. So, um, this game is called Is It a Bird or Did <laughs> I Make It Up? <laughs> great. <laughs> so, we're they're talking, all made up. <laughs> they're talking about, you know, we were talking so much about birds and birders and different bird species. And I Genus find, <laughs> right, I find some of these names for birds Ridiculous. to be hilarious right. to me. So, here's how the game works. We have to make total eye contact the whole time. I'm going to say the name of a bird, and you can't laugh. Okay. One. Is that how I get a point if I don't laugh? You get a point if you don't laugh. Great. And you also get a point if you correctly name, or if you correctly figure out... Identify if it's a bird or if it's something ridiculous. If it's a real bird or if it's just a name I made. Nonsense bird. Right. Are you ready? Yeah, as ready as I can be. Okay, great. But I'm sure the giggles will. You know, right. Sister Scorekeeper over here is going to be like counting. I know. On all her fingers and toes. Okay. Are you ready to go? Yep. Okay. Siberian ruby throat. It's a bird. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Devil's diver. It's not a bird. That is correct. It's not a bird. I made that up. Cerulean warbler. It's a bird. Correct. Mm-hmm. It is the bird. Common house martin. It is not a bird. Incorrect. That's ah, a bird. Damn. Clark's nutcracker. It's not a bird. Nope. That is a bird. Damn. Clark's nutcracker. <laughs> Little sheer water. <laughs> it's not a bird. <laughs> no, you lose two points because you giggled. And little sheer water is a bird. Damn it. <laughs> I don't lose two points. I don't gain anything. There you go. You didn't say there was any losses happening <laughs> in this game. Sister scorekeeper over here. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> little, what was it? Little sheer water. Little sheer water. Here we go. 
great kiskadee. It's a bird. That's right. It is a bird. Ash-throated flycatcher. It is a bird. Yes, it's a bird. Little Phoebe. It's not a bird. No, little Phoebe is not a bird. Phoebe is the type of bird. And like blue Phoebe is the bird, but mm-hmm. little Phoebe is not a Lil bird. Little Phoebe. <laughs> also in Little Mama's Entourage. Right. Harry Woodpecker. It's not a bird. Incorrect. Oh. That's a bird. Great. Cinnamon Hummingbird. It's a bird. Correct. That's a bird. Bronzed Cowbird. It's a bird. Correct. Little Bunting. It's not a bird. Incorrect. Little oh. Bunting is a bird. Little Bunting. Mm-hmm. And last one. Mm-hmm. Brown Creeper. It's not a bird. Incorrect. Damn. Brown Creeper is the bird. I only got nine. You did. But you did so well. I know. And I only giggled a little bit. Only a little bit. A little bit. Little giggler. <laughs> that would be the name of your bird. That's right. That's if you were a bird, you would be little I'll giggler. I'll be little giggler. This has been the Season 2 Summit by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To email us, contact us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. To learn more about the parks we visited in Season 2, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. All original artwork featured on our website and on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. Stay tuned for our remaining Season 2 summits on park histories and hiking trails. Mm-hmm.